Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the amazing Andrea Hashart, who specializes in helping B2B owners, coaches, and consultants improve their sales and conversions by writing powerful case studies that increase the know, like, and trust factor and shorten the sales cycle. So Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really looking forward to our conversation. Um, do you just want to jump right in and tell me just a little bit more about what you do and, and who you help? Sure. So I am a case study copywriter. Uh, what that means is I help businesses to sell using their customers' success stories by writing them case studies and then showing them how to repurpose them across their marketing channels. I love that. And I think that's something that at least in my own to-do list, um, it tends to get put on a back burner so often, but it's so crucial and so important. And I, I definitely can see the value in making this something that is a front and center thing to focus on. Um, what do you see as the difference between a testimonial per se versus a case study? So a case study is longer and it's more of a complete story. So I do, I would describe a testimonial as being shorter and just sort of a snapshot. It may be including like one result where uh, my case studies are a complete story where I interview uh, my client's customer and sort of show what, what problems and pain they were experiencing before they found the solution. And then going on to show their transformation, what their life is like now um, that they had their problem solved. So are there specific businesses or any business model, one or another, that actually could really benefit from using these case studies better than something else? So really, all businesses can use case studies just like they could use testimonials. But what we find is the more expensive or the more complex a product or service is, the more need there is for case studies, because this is how um, a business can communicate their value by sharing the results of the people that they're helping. Right, right. So what are some of the tools that you could use or some some tips you could have for people like like me who tend to have this this on the back burner of their to-do list how can we easily bring that front and center and kind of add this into our daily workflow well one would be keeping track of customers that you're helping and the results that they're getting sort of having a system um to to track it uh, and then also having a system of asking people whether they would participate in a case study so that when you're ready, uh, you have that information at your fingertips and you don't have to look back through your files or your notes to find them. 
And then I think, you know, hiring um, someone to do it for you is a way to get it done. I know my last client said that they had been wanting to do case studies for such a long time and they just had not done it. And then we met and I got that project done for them. So they, you know, it was a way for them to um, get it done when they had been putting it off for, it sounded like several years. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm kind of in that boat there. Um, so, do you have kind of a, a framework or something that you use? What how what is your framework for a case study? Sure. So I have uh, my own framework that I developed, and it's based on an acronym CNTR. I call it my Center Storytelling System. And the reason I call it that is that I put customer stories at the center of your marketing because what people really care about is themselves and what's in it for them whenever they're thinking about making a, a purchase. And so um, I think about what readers need to know um, to identify with and believe that will help them to become new customers or convert into a new customer. So the C in um, the framework stands for capture, where I'm capturing the customer results, and that's during an interview process, uh, where I personally interview each of my clients' customers uh, in order to, in the case study process. And then N is where I uncover new messaging during the interviews. What I find is interviewees really open up and share with me. And I think it's because I'm sort of an outside party. I'm not part of the business. So they feel open to sharing. And so I uncover a lot of information that can be helpful to business owners. And, and then I share that with them. You know, it could be like ideas for new products, uh, maybe problems that people are having with a product or service. Um, so that they can take that information and move forward, either in their written materials or in their process or new offers. Um, T is where I tell a magnetic story, and this is to engage prospects, new prospects, and that's the actual case study itself. And then the R is where um, I help my clients to figure out how to repurpose or reuse their case study for maximum return on investment. If someone is just getting started with case studies, is this something that you have to set up in advance with your clients where you are specifically doing this thing to write out a case study? Or is this something that you could kind of do after the fact of going back and talking to people after they've been through your programs or used your services or your products or whatever, and then ask them, hey, would you be willing if to, to do this interview and be part of this case study? So what I like to think about is like who, who the best person to participate in a case study, maybe I would start there. So it's somebody who is um, happy with your product or service, somebody who has seen a result and then somebody who is willing to share their story. And um, you need to get their approval before uh, participating in the case study. And I help my clients with that sometimes 
like I have an email template that they can use to help get their clients or their customers buy-in. Um, you know, people sometimes they don't know what to expect from the process. And the other thing I found is that sometimes the the subject matter can be sort of sensitive. Like I uncover things that I wonder whether they are willing to share. Uh, for instance, one woman I was working with, um, she was in like a weight loss program and she shared with me that her marriage was on the rocks and she was they were going to counseling. And I was concerned about whether or not we could share this in the case study. And she assured me that yes, you know, yes, we could, and that everyone in their her life knew about this. But um, so I guess making sure that the the person you're planning on interviewing understands what the end product is like. And what I do is I recommend that my clients share one of my case studies with their clients so they can see it. So they can see what it's like and read someone else's story. So they they know what they're getting into, what what kind of things might be um, shared and that they're okay with that because it will be used publicly on social media and maybe a website or sent out in an email. So um, those would be my tips for sort of identifying who would be a, a, a great um, success story and then making sure that they understand what the process is and um, getting their buy-in. Um, and then also making sure that um, they understand that they do have the final approval over the draft before it goes to my client. So what I do, part of my process is when I'm finished writing, I send them a draft, have them fact check it, make sure that they're happy with it, make sure that, you know, um, they agree that the, um, you know, the results are accurate and then that they're happy with it before I send it on to my client. So nothing's going to be shared publicly until they've seen it and have approved it. So that's sort of some peace of mind for them. Yeah, I mean, that to me, that, that was the first thing I was thinking of there. I, I've done it before where I've actually had an, an open, honest conversation with someone and didn't realize that that coach at the time was actually taking notes for a, a case study, kind of testimonial of sorts. And in that open and honest conversation, you know, I said some things about my own personal life circumstances at the time that, you know... I, I wasn't hiding or anything, but it wouldn't be the first thing I'd say, you know, front and center, not necessarily what I'd want advertised out there. And the next thing I know, I was seeing this, this testimonial, this, um, it was a very in-depth testimonial. So borderline case study, um, that, that really referenced every single thing I said. And, you know, it was, it was fine in the end, no harm, no foul. Again, it wasn't anything, you know, that I was really hiding or really had an issue with being out there, but it did make me feel a little weird, a little, mm -hmm. little uncomfortable that, that, that conversation that I did not know what the end result of it was going to be was documented in that way. So I think for me, that's a, would be a really important factor is that understanding and making sure that they understand what's going to happen with that information after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to the point you said earlier, I can, I can definitely see how 
using a third-party person like you or someone else who does that same service to gather this information could be incredibly useful because they there is a, a bit, especially if it's a personal relationship with a coach or someone that you're working with directly, uh, it can be hard to feel like you can be open and honest and say things that might be more critical or, or, or not. And um, so I can, I can definitely see how that would be really great to have someone like you to kind of shape those stories and kind of get that information out there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So talking about creating a case study, are there any common mistakes or, or kind of missteps you see people doing often when they try to set things up? I, there are. Um, one is d- trying to do it yourself. Um, you know, there's a process that I follow that is really sort of specific and ordered. So um, if you miss one of the steps or, um, you know, you're not efficient, you can end up like wasting your customer's time, maybe having to re- reach out and connect again. So um That would be number one. Number two would be trying to do a case study without interviewing the customer, maybe just basing it on results that you that you have or um, what you're missing out on with without interviewing the customer is that emotional piece behind it. Remember, we talked about sort of the pain and the problem. It's that emotion that connects with readers and to try to do a case study without an interview, you you wouldn't be able to capture that emotion and the way that the customer was feeling before your solution. Um, the third one would be asking the wrong questions or not asking the right questions. Um, for instance, I have sort of a series of questions that I ask that relate to different parts of the the case study narrative. And uh, they're all open-ended. And I have some different ways of asking the same question again to sort of flesh out something that they've said. Um, And in order to be efficient and respect your interviewee's time, um, you really need to kind of have your questions nailed down and always ask the right questions first. Um, The other one would be, Uh, not repurposing your case study. So, you know, I've seen people with a case study, but only put it on their website and they're only using it in one way where there are so many ways to use a case study, to cut it up, to uh, put it other places. Um, You know, I think it's just a mistake not to use it to its full extent uh, across all the marketing channels. What uh, what are some of those ways you can repurpose? Do you mind digging into that a little bit? Sure. So the easiest two are in social media, like in a post, you could pull out a quote from uh, an interview and put that on social media. And then with with an image, that's always helpful to, to grab people's attention, but then link it back to the full case study so that as people um, you know are intrigued by that result, they can go back and read the entire story or study. And then the other one would be um, just putting it, making a separate page on a website and collecting case studies and adding those as you go, you know, you could start with one or two and then continue to add as you bring in 
um, new results and create new case studies. I love that. I, you know, I'm a big fan of repurposing content anywhere where I can create something once and then reuse it multiple times. I am a big fan of that. And mm -hmm. I love the idea of having that on your website too, because, you know, we use testimonials all the time, but I think having a more in-depth something like a case study and having that the page where you can access those case studies, I could see that becoming a really useful tool in someone, especially if you have really high ticket items or something where people really have to, to trust and be vulnerable with you. Um, I could see that being a really, really useful tool in helping to build that trust and that rapport with your audience. Mm -hmm. And what, what we find is it really speeds up the sales process because, you know, people do believe these because it's your customers speaking about you rather than you speaking about yourself. And it gives people hope, like they see themselves in these stories and feel like, well, if it worked for this person, it will work for me. And really today, sophisticated customers are looking for proof. I mean, they want to see that it's working for people just like them. And then it, it um, you know, gives them the, um, the okay to buy. Right, right. Um, and so going back to something you said a little bit earlier, you know, I, in my marketing and when I help my clients with marketing, I am all about the transformation. I'm all about you know, where they are at the beginning of an offer or service and where they're going to be at the end of it. And really, really speaking on that message in particular in your marketing messaging and in your sales pages and everything like that. Um, so I could see that absolutely being a huge benefit in, in using case studies, you know, being able to really speak directly to that transformation, right? Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the other benefits of using case studies directly? Is there anything kind of out of the ordinary that would be really, really useful with the case study? So um, one would be that they're evergreen, um, meaning that they're going to live on. That content isn't going to expire or, um, you know, disappear. So just knowing that once you invest in a case study, you can continue to use it over and over for years to come. And what that does is it, it makes the return on investment higher than maybe other forms of marketing. So over time, you know, the more times you use it, it's paid for itself, but it continues selling for you. Um, so I guess those would be the, the additional things that I could think of. I love it. I love it. Well, you have me thoroughly convinced, by the way, that this is something that needs to bump up my to-do list sooner rather than later. Um, there, there just seem to be so many benefits to this and the being able to repurpose and use this content over and over again, and really utilizing it as a tool in your sales process and in your marketing that, yeah, seems like a really, really good feature. Um, any last minute hard hitting tips for anyone looking to get started with case studies? So um, I have an ebook that has 16 different ways to repurpose case studies. So what I would recommend is take a look and see if that sort of sparks an idea for you. Um, 
So appearance of a case study, the design does matter. It actually has a direct impact on sales. So there are a few things that I recommend are a must, and that is having an attention-grabbing headline uh, with a result included. You know, that's going to catch somebody's attention and encourage them to dive in and read the full case study. Um, you can use subheads to tell the story. A subhead over each section kind of draws readers down the page and involves them in the story. And then I always showcase results using bullet points so that at a glance, people can um, easily and quickly see the results of a customer. And then I always recommend using customer or product images or both. Um, those lend credibility to a case study. And then I always make sure that I keep my sentences short and paragraphs short. And the reason for that is to make the case study look easy to read. If it looks difficult, people won't take the time. And one way you can do that, you can make it look easy by using white space. All right. So where else can people go to find more about you? Sure. So they can visit my website, um, which is andreahashart.card.co. Uh, you could also send me an email at info at andreahashart.com. Perfect. Well, I will get those links and I will get the link to the 16 ways to repurpose. I will get all of that in the show notes so everyone can access it. Um, I'm going to jump on and take a look at that. That's the 16 ways right now and see what I can start to do there. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Andrea. I've really appreciated the conversation and thank you. My pleasure. And thank you all for joining us this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow entrepreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we will be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care. <music>